Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 462 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Hurricane Ian, hi. (laughs) Hurricane Ian, a man who went to Florida and brought his hurricane with him. What's going on with your life, Ian? (laughs) Uh, my my hurricane is uh, currently um, approaching Cuba. Apparently, um, uh, this isn't a joke. Um, a a hurricane is due to hit Florida uh, probably Wednesday or Thursday. Um, don't think we're gonna be like in the eye of the storm. Thank God we're pretty in the middle of the state, and it looks like it's gonna be affecting the coastal regions more. Um, but. Yeah, we went to a supermarket yesterday and um, the cashier mentioned that um, people had been buying a lot of water and we were like, oh yeah, why? And she looked at us and was just like, are you, are you serious? No, what? And she was like, there's a hurricane coming. Um, so we looked, we've been looking on Apple, the, the weather app on Apple and it had been saying it was going to be rainy on Wednesday and Thursday, but... No notifications of, like, hey, a hurricane is coming. Um, when we had the heat wave, or heat waves in the UK, we had notifications days beforehand, say, an extreme temperature warning. Uh, none of that. So, uh, yeah, I've been um, Googling evacuation routes and what we need to do, and I bought a load of water today. It's weird. It, like, uh, the English buy milk and bread uh the the americans buy water um it's probably not gonna be a major issue i'll let you guys know next week how i get on <coughs> yep i i, I, just, I, I um, just find it fantastic that you that you went to florida and, and, and literally hurricane not only a hurricane but a hurricane with your name on it with, with with my name, yeah, yeah. Um, my 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 brother-in-law was just like, you are not going to fucking believe what it's called. Like that's perfect. And like I thought he was taking the piss. <laughs> um, I like to think I like to think that, that literally he, he he emailed them when any chance that you could just change it to Ian. <laughs> and they went, yeah, go on, then why not? Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Sounds like something that would happen, uh, kind of happen to me, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, Hurricane Ian. Let's let's see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I, I I I'm still seeing Avatar in IMAX tomorrow night. Damn it! <laughs> and then if I've got a hunker down for a few days, I will. Nice. Um, so yeah, so we have a show. We're finally about to worry, darling. <laughs> um, we're gonna do mm. some revenge uh, from what we've been watching trailers. Bit of news, maybe some questions, and all sorts of bits. Um, so yeah, so Ian, has anything been happening in in the movie news world this this week? Uh, so, um, James Earl Jones has signed over essentially the rights to his voice, uh, for Darth Vader, um. And it's provoked, and he's retiring from the role formally, and it's provoked some interesting conversation on Twitter about how 
you know, for for projects where you've you're using characters from things from years ago, why not just recast? And it kind of seems like it certainly Disney are going down more of a deep fake, like both in terms of like the, the CG and AI assisted voice manipulation um, for all this stuff. And yeah, that's a disturbing trend, I think. Um, they, there was a kind of a nice balance of it with The Mandalorian, where, um, spoilers for The Mandalorian Season 2, Luke Skywalker is in it, played by Mark Hamill, but it's CG'd kind of Return of the Jedi era Luke Skywalker, but then Mark Hamill doing the voice, and I think, I think mo-capping it, um, and then manipulating the voice, and th- I think that's the balance which which works um and there's also a part of me that's like you know uh, carrie fisher died and then with rise of skywalker they were like yeah you know we've we found a way to make it work using pre-existing footage and then there is an air of poochie died on uh, the way back to his home planet about those scenes yes where it just it doesn't look right the lighting's off and it it just no um and then i'm kind of thinking well well, i don't know maybe the cg thing it it, it is kind of the the way but i i just just thought that was that was interesting i mean and and the the, the thing is with james old jones as darth vader there's so much of his dialogue that they probably and they probably made him do that thing in mission impossible 3 where um tom cruise gets philip seymour hoffman to read that like passage and then that basically successfully kind of gets all the different intonations that you could make yes i'm assuming something like that has happened as well but it is a little bit i mean what do you guys think like is this cg buggery a bit too far or weirdly does it bother you it it doesn't bother me no um because it because the thing is it it makes more sense than having somebody come in and do an impression of somebody and it made me think at some point, um, you know, weirdly back morbid way, but you know, what what would happen to, for instance, the Simpsons if uh, Dan Costletta just if he had to retire or for a reason or died, that'd be it. Mm. Or would it? Because they would look at him and go, "Well, we can't get somebody in who sounds like him because everyone will know." But we have all of this footage of him saying things <laughs> yeah that it's quite easy for us to just mm. just do it yeah you know and possibly not have it sound like commentary from FIFA or three let's not talk about FIFA and their appropriation of people after this week's release. yeah um but yeah it's <laughs> it, it's just I don't know. I, I, th- I think it makes sense. It, it, it does. I, 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 I prefer that than them going right. The thing is, there's an element. I think it's he's done it now because it's the time when he can still do it. Yeah. It, at it, the end of the day, he might as well make some fucking money out of it rather than someone doing an impression or them stringing his voice together from other clips and him not making anything out of it. Or something happening to James Earl Jones and mm-hmm. Disney having to look like the arseholes that went, 
yeah, we're still going to use his voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it seems like it was a good deal for everybody. Mm. Yeah. yeah. In these sorts of things. Um, in other news, um, Final Destination 6 is happening. Yep. Um, so this is being produced by John Watts of the latest Spider-Man films. And apparently he came up with the story treatment as well, which is interesting. Uh, but it is, be, it is to be directed by Zach Lipovsky and Adam B. Stein, who made a film in 2018 I can't remember having heard of called Freaks. Um, but the interesting thing about this... So, I'm just going to read from The Hollywood Reporter. According to sources, the duo were already in line to get the gig when one final Zoom pitch meeting became what some in Hollywood called the Zoom call to end or Zoom calls. The duo made their pitch to New Line execs and producers together, with a burning fireplace behind them. As they wrapped up the meeting, the fire came alive and the mantle began burning. The filmmakers stopped and after a tense moment quickly extinguished the flames. As they sat down, everyone relieved the accident had passed. A, wren a wrenching creak was heard and suddenly the whizzing ceiling fan broke off and flew down, decapitating one of the filmmakers. Uh, the execs and producers went from concern to all-out laughter. The bit using a combination of pre-recorded footage and visual effects had transitioned seamlessly and showed their unbridled enthusiasm. You're going to make that amount of effort in a pitch meeting. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Let's see what you can do with Final Destination 6 as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Yep. Go for it. Why the fuck not? Um, That's it. And it, also... Final Destination it, films as well. Uh, in terms of... Um, in terms of like modern horror franchises are one of the most fun they're just relentlessly fun. It's like it's like Saw, but without all of the nastiness that's mm. there. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no antagonist apart from like Fate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just like right, mild premise, um, and then five interesting deaths. Yeah. They do tend to be good deaths as well. Yeah. I'm I'm very very up for a rewatch of them all um, before this one comes out. I must say, yeah, um, that 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 is without question I, going to be a future marathon. I are we? I I was thinking that, but are we actually going to find enough mileage, like individual things, to talk about each of those films to actually sustain like twenty thirty minute long podcast episodes for each one? No, I think we double them up. I think I think we hellraise the shit out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've, or even like just watching them all over a couple of weeks or something, and then just recording one show. Yeah, one bump or something show. like that. Yeah. I'd, I, and anyway, we'll we'll talk about that next year or the year after. Um, so there you are. I reckon um, that'll be next year. But also, it probably yeah. You you could see it being like tail end of next year, couldn't you? Yeah, um, they, they, they yeah. will they will fire that shit out like a motherfucker. Mm. Um, also, maybe the last bit of news, unless you guys got anything burning. But um, a an actual this is a sequel for Cloverfield is coming. Oh. Um to be directed by Babak Anvari who directed Under the Shadow which got him a lot of attention and uh, Wounds 
the oh. Army Hammer Dakota Johnson Netflix horror film from a couple years back, which uh, wasn't it about like a haunted cell phone or something? Yeah, we yeah. We, 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 um, we reviewed it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I remember it having an absolutely batshit ending. Yeah, it was it it was fun, um, but not that great. <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's uh, going to be directing it. Uh, going to be written by Joe Barton. Um, there's no, nothing out there about what what it's going to be, but I'm glad that they're actually doing a sequel to Clo- uh, Cloverfield because obviously Ten Cloverfield Lane. I, I talked about that on the show a little while back. Actually, mm. so I did I did a rewatch of it, and um, before um, uh, fuck me, Dan Trachtenberg directed a film and we reviewed it. What was that film? Um, oh God, my head. Fucking pray, Jesus it, Christ! Yeah. Um, that really, that should not have been that far down the memory palace. Um, and it, but yeah, so um, Ten Cloverfield Lane is a completely different film until the last twenty minutes, until it, it turns <laughs> into a fucking Cloverfield film. Yeah. Um, and then the Cloverfield paradox is just this, huh? I always forget that it exists. But I mean that that thing is more notable for the fact that they did a Super Bowl ad for it, and they were like, "And you can watch it after the game." Yeah. <laughs> like that is the notable thing about the Cloverfield paradox. Um, but yeah, so the fact that they've actually they are going like, "No, this is actually a sequel to Cloverfield." Hell yeah, Cloverfield is a cracking little film that is ri- nicely intense in spots. Um, I'm looking forward to another watch of Cloverfield. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cloverfield too. how are we feeling about it? Yeah, it's such an odd franchise, Cloverfield. The Cloverfield franchise. Because you've got Cloverfield, you know, and they were J.J. Abraham's, like, mind baby. The idea about having this... Matt Reeves directed, for yeah. fuck's sake. Matt Reeves directed the first one. Trachtenberg... Um, Directed the second one, and that was, I believe, co-written by Damien Chazelle. Um, yeah, that's right. And then the guy who's directing the next Captain America directed the third one. <laughs> so they, they're not like the Paranormal that's Activity right. movies where they're directed by, you know, some fucking random... Catfish guys. Yeah. Some, some, some guy who was there when somebody was talking about that they once saw somebody when they were shooting Lost. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... The thing is, about them, it, I, Ten Cloverfield Lane is, is possibly weirdly like synonymous with it, but because it's not a Cloverfield movie. And whenever you mention the Cloverfield Paradox to anybody, they go, oh, fucking hell, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So having another one feels a little bit. Fuck it. Let's let's see. Let's just see what is a, what what happens there. Then <laughs> I wonder if it'll. It, I'd love to be there saying to fucking Joe Barton going, right. So what you've got to do is you've got to tie this movie with these other two movies that were actually supposed to be two completely separate movies that we made into Cloverfield movies, and then you've got to make the fourth movie make sense of it all. <laughs> and I'm just going. Mm. Fucking hell. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it was all just a dream. 
if there was any whirring in the background since the since the uh, the, the 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 podcast started, um, I think it was the aircon, but it's just gone off, and I can see that the uh, the sound form on my end was uh, like non-existent. Then apologies if that has been picked up on the the call, folks. I'm in Florida. If you think I'm not having the aircon on, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, Ian, what trailers have you watched this week? Oh, it's been a lot though, eh? It's been a few, yeah. Um, you had that Netflix event yesterday. To do. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, like, to be fair, that is a fantastic name for a Netflix event. Oh yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I was actually, I was actually quite impressed with it. To be honest, the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we've got uh, the mother. Yep. Which is uh, Jennifer Lopez, oh, directed by Nikki Caro of Mulan fame. Um, Jennifer Lopez, I don't know, female assassin film, is it? I, I couldn't really it's, get... It, 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 a, it, other it's than the, pre- it's pre- the protecting a girl. spin your wheel, fucking land on... Spin the wheel, land on an actress. Spin your wheel, land on a location. Spin your wheel, land on a thing. Fuck it. Jennifer Lopez taken movie. <laughs> It just yeah yeah it it, it was it, it's it's like it's her time it was her time for to do this just yep and the thing is so I, generic I, and boring I, I'm gonna say something that that is gonna sound really I I, I almost don't want to say it but I'm gonna say it it doesn't even matter if it's any fucking good because it's just. It's just something we're going to watch on Netflix on Tuesday. It's content rather than a movie. Yeah, content, content, content. It, it, it is, yeah. even though. Um, I will say I thought that the teaser for they cloned Tyrone <laughs> looked interesting. Yeah, uh, at the start of it, when they were in the elevator, and it was like. <sighs> Are we going to have another Netflix movie where Netflix tries to convince me that Jamie Foxx is really fucking charismatic when he's just kind of charismatic? <laughs> uh, but then the more the trailer kept going on, I, I started to think, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I, I, I don't know what's going on in any of this, <laughs> but I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Like a sci-fi concept, but like with some like real like 70s... Almost kind of like black exploitation, kind of like stylings in the trailer. Yeah, um, I, I, they're making an effort there, um, more so than a, a lot of these things. Which, if I may segue, Anola Holmes two, um, a film where it feels like no one actually ever confirmed that they were going to do a sequel, and then they finished filming and then someone was like, well, you were in charge of this, weren't you? And they're all just fucking pointing at each other like the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> I, see, I haven't watched the trailer for this because I know we're probably going to watch the film and cover it on here, so I'm fine with that. But the the less I have to be exposed to Millie Bobby Brown playing this character, the better. So I figure the film is enough. I can't watch the trailers because I know what it's going to look like. Yeah. Just another just... version of the first one. 
people being annoyed at the Dakota Johnson persuasion for being a bit flea baggy need to be consistent and call what she's doing in this out as well. Yeah. Um, and it looks like it's going to be more so in this one because she's got a fucking love interest. Right, so you watch Strange... You don't watch Strange Things, do you, Ian? Uh, Strange Things. I uh, gave up after the first season. Cool. Yeah. But you do watch Strange Things, don't you, Rebecca? Yes. Right. So the only bits of Minimum Run that I have been exposed to are... She was in the... Her face. Uh, what is it? King Kong Godzilla movies, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. And Enola Holmes. Mm. Right. Is she this insufferable in Stranger Things? Yeah, she is now. Right. So it's a personality thing rather than a she's been badly cast kind of thing. She's just got this air of my shit doesn't stink, I'm an arrogant cunt about her now. Oh, okay. We'll move on then. <laughs> to what, what next? Uh, Netflix film I'm looking forward to. Ooh, which one? Bardo, False Chronicle of oh. a Handful of Truths. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this one. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to ignore everything. He's he's cut out like twenty minutes apparently. Ooh, from um, what was I, shown I at Venice? Say, yep, I say release the Venice cut, you coward. Fuck yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's disappointing me actually. That. Yeah, yeah, um, but I, I I don't know. Let's see. I'd like to think. If this one day got a criterion, maybe they'll put both cuts on there. But um, Ooh, you know, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's literally calling it already in Venice cut. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, it's closer to two and a half now. But I think it it looks cool. That looks like a film I want to watch. Um, oh, apparently that, that Inaratu is saying he he hasn't finished editing it yet. And the version that comes out might be even shorter. <laughs> He's got very spooked by the reaction. It does seem Either that, that way. Either Netflix have had words, but... But do you know what, the, Do you know what? The, do you know what would be fucking bonkers? It's on Netflix. Mm. Um, put the Venice cut on. Put the San Sebastian cut on. And put whatever else it is that he fucking does with it on. Put them all on. The, the thing is, a little bit of a tangent, Netflix have not got much award season-wise this year. And the general thinking is that now there has been like a full year of films being released in cinemas, it's, it's going to artificially swing very heavily towards films that are getting theatrical releases this year in terms of Oscar buzz. But all Netflix have really got is Bardo and um, Glass Onion in terms of like what could actually really hit with the Academy. And Glass Onion is one where like it's more like, okay, it could get an acting nom or it could get a screenplay nom, best picture, best director, maybe a bit of a push. Yeah. Um, that and that that's a big problem for them because there was a lot riding on Bardo. Um and it that doesn't seem to be pay, paying off. But if now Netflix are saying to him, like, look, you 
probably want to be in the Oscar race, don't you? Let's, we'll give you some money. You can cut some shit out of it. Let's just see how it goes. That could well be what's happening. And the thing is, apparently, the actors branch love Bardo, love the Venice cut. Apparently, Kate Blanchett was going around Venice talking about how much she liked Bardo. And actors have a very, very large presence in the Academy. So if Bardo can get into the nominations, it's got it's got a good shout of maybe actually pulling off some wins in places. Yeah. Let's see what happens. That's but yeah, Netflix have been Yeah, it will, yeah. But Netflix have been kind of caught short. To be fair, Apple have as well. Because emancipation was going to be their big thing. Obviously now probably not that might still get a release by the end of the year but i you know what who's gonna touch who's gonna touch that oscars wise now um the greatest beer run in the world looks like it could be a fun time but it's not got any heat on it whatsoever oh god yeah, um, that, that's not it, it, that was never made to be a marvel was it was it made to be a no I, I, oscar botherer yeah, but I mean, it's it's Killers of the Flower Moon, like, taking longer than expected, which I think is her apple this time round. Yeah, um, they've got one so, coming out. I don't think it's Oscar bothering. Something coming out in December or November, is it? Apple TV? What is it? I saw the day and forgot that it was an Apple TV movie. But, I mean... It, it's like I'm 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 thinking of like the hot tickets um, at LFF, and um, they're not really streamer ones. I mean, like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, depending on how that pans out, could do okay in animated. Um, especially when you know people like Turning Red, but don't seem to love Turning Red, and Lightyear is not getting a nomination, so it kind of feels like a year where it doesn't necessarily have to be a Pixar film. Um, but I mean, yeah. What else? What else do they they have? They've got they've got plenty of films coming, but just none with that particular buzz about them. Amazon Studios, I don't think have really got anything. I'd, I'd like if people want to call me out if I'm forgetting stuff at me. I'll I'll happily take it. No, the, 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 um, the movie I but, was thinking of was the Spirited, the Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds film, which I'm guessing is not going to be uh, an Oscar mother. <laughs> No, I mean that thing is probably going to be huge in terms of eyeballs, but yes. no. Um, but you know, we we we've been talking lately about the 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 Oscars, but you know, you've got the whale, which is a twenty four. Everything everywhere all at once, a twenty four. Top Gun Maverick is Paramount. Uh, Avatar two is Fox Disney. Uh, the Fablemans is Universal. Um, you know, and it it. it it's just, it's a lot, Empire of Light is uh, Searchlight, the Banshees of Inishirin is Searchlight. It is very, very theatrical release heavy this year. Um, and that, that does kind of feel coincidental, but it does also feel like a chance for Hollywood to go, oh, Babylon is paramount, you know. Uh, um, it's a chance for Hollywood to go, actually like the films for the big screen thank you very much um i I'm, seriously i can't wait for the oscars this year it's going to be such a great amuse bouche there's something there for everyone um avatar 2 for fuck's sake you know uh people are coming out of the avatar re-release saying the little snippet of way of water at the end is incredible so who knows 
Um, but anyway, yeah, Bardo. I am looking forward to Bardo. Yes, very. Yeah, I am as well. That's, but yeah, you say release the bed is cut your coward. Uh, what else have we got? Yes. Uh, we got Knock at the Cabin. Um, which uh, looks like an M. Night Shyamalan film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I understand why you guys might not be. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the fuck it's actually about. It's based on a, I think it's based on a either a graphic novel or just a, a straight novel, so you could actually just read that. And this has been getting some shit on Twitter for not actually calling out in the trailer that it's not an N. Night Shyamalan originated idea, which is fair, I think. Um, but yeah, let's 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 see how it goes. Comes out in February. That yeah. feels like a good February film. It does, yeah. I just can't um, ask him anymore. <laughs> Um, I will say um, on YouTube, Justin Long's new movie trailer number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Have you guys watched that? Yes, yeah. watched the trailer. Yeah. I haven't watched the end of the trailer. What does it? What 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 does it have? What it it it, it basically admits that it's a trailer for Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Which I was watching it going, that's a minute, isn't this barbarian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, th- the thing is, I stopped watching it when I realised what it was. And I think they've really, really messed up um, for international audiences putting that trailer out. Yep. Yeah, I'll talk about Barbarian later, but um, and I suppose because of that trailer, I I can talk a little bit about Justin Long in it, but I don't want to say too much because uh, I was gonna say the reason why I was saying like, have you seen it? Is because I wanted to say don't watch it. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. Once I realised what it was, I tuned out. And the only bit I right, picked okay. up was the fact that it did say Barbarian because. I didn't want to watch anything to do with Barbarian. I wanted to go to Barbarian as cold as I could. Why is this, sir? Yeah, okay. It, cause it, because a few things. One, it's getting a lot of good press, which usually makes me really worry about yeah. horror films that get really good press. But then Ian said it was really good. So that made me go, oh, okay then. <laughs> Shall I just talk a little bit about Barbarian now? Because I didn't want to get... I, I, I mean, I can, I can save it for later, but I didn't want to get too into it anyway. Yeah, talk about now. Yeah, okay. So, one of the two films that I saw in the Universal Cinemark, a great cinema. Um, Just, yeah, a really fucking good cinema. Really good. I, I Both both films were in the same screen. Good screen. Uh, recliners. Um, the chairs were recliners and they were uh, amazing. Um, they didn't really do ads, but they did about 20 minutes of trailers, which ruled. Nice. Um, yeah. And uh, I uh, reimbursed my parking because um, they basically it was like, if you watch 
a matinee, purchase two tickets for a matinee, and we will reimburse your parking. The parking is $27, because it's for the, the theme park as well. Right. Um, and I just went, I went to the box office, I was like, hi, I'm not... I'm not getting two tickets to a matinee showing, but I'm seeing two matinee showings back to back. And the woman looked at me like I was a fucking loser. <laughs> um, um, and she was just like, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't. Uh, she was just like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Here's your money. And I got my $27 back, which ruled. Um, but to be fair, I used that $27 to have two pints, one for each film, which were stronger than I... Um, the Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA, 6.7% uh, uh, ABV. Yep. Um, I'm actually drinking one now. Um, so I had two pints of that and then autopiloted the fuck out of my right, uh, way home in the Tesla. Um, <laughs> probably needed to, if I'm being honest. Um but yeah, and uh, I bought a burrito that was called the Home Wrecker, <laughs> um, which is just incredible. So that that was basically that twenty seven dollars like paid back to Universal. Um, but anyway, so Barbarian, um, go see it with an audience. Um, I had a delightful audience. Um, a woman behind me uh, at the uh, at reaction to one thing went nope, <laughs> and then twenty seconds later just went absolutely not, uh, which I which was great. <laughs> and after it, there was probably only about ten people in there, and I spoke to most of them. And this one guy was just laughing his ass off, and was just like, "That was the wildest shit I've ever seen." I was like, "How much did you know about it?" He was like, "I thought it was a haunted Airbnb, and then that happened." So he just started laughing again. I was like, "Yeah, it was great." Um, so yeah, I, oh, I was seriously, it was fucking brilliant. Like he was so happy with what that film was, and I think everybody was. So it. I'm I'm not I'm not going to talk I'm not going to talk too much about it. Um, the trailer basically shows a woman arriving at an Airbnb, uh, which has already been taken by another person, and he says, "Come in, we'll try and get this all straightened out." Like why it's been double booked, um, and then it goes on from there. And then Justin Long is also in it. Um, so this film does an insanely effective job of. Uh, balancing tones uh, it is one of the most nihilistic films I have ever seen um, like what it has to say is just like depressingly uh huh yep 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 sure yep I absolutely buy that but it's also got some of the dark darkest comedy shit you will ever see like it is laugh out loud funny at points just in terms of the this is happening um and it it was such a joy to see it with an audience that were like okay with like talking at moments but shutting up the rest of the time yeah that's um cool. that's that that's 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 rather valuable yeah. people are enjoying it that you don't mind it when it's that yeah um 
I'm not going to say that much uh, much more than that, other than I think it comes out in UK cinemas October the 30th, um, and we will full review it then. Nice. But, yeah, I I may well go see it again, to be honest. I re- like, it is... Uh, Zach Kregler, I think his name is, who uh, wrote and directed it, that that dude n- knows what he's doing. It's not elevated, like it's not like elevated horror in any, in any way, but he does some really interesting shit with shot compositions, and there's some aspect ratio switching at uh, at a point. And uh, I was listening to an interview with him where he said that he wanted to do more but just couldn't make it work. And it's like that he knows how to shoot a film, and he. He knows how to do social commentary, but also how to just utterly like delight a horror audience. It's really, really, really good. Hmm. So yeah, Barbarian or Justin Long's new movie trailer number one. Um, he so do you know what, uh, do you know what other films he directed. What other film he directed? Yeah, yeah. Miss March. Yeah, it's the kid on Miss March. That's mental. Yeah. Fair enough. Fuck it. Go on then. <laughs> I'll, I'll basically watch any horror movie that that guy is thinking of doing after Barbarian. <clears throat> I don't. The thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to overhype it. But it, it, it's, it's. There's a lot of like surprising stuff in it, and like the plot twists and turns are just wonderful. And seriously, Mark, there are a couple of bits that you are gonna piss yourself at. Nice. There is a decision that Justin Long's character takes in this film where when you when the penny drops as to what he's gonna do, you are you are gonna love it. Oh fucking I'm 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 pumped for this one. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it it rules. Um okay, so I've got one other trailer, which I think is probably the biggie for the week. Yes. Uh, have you guys got anything? No, I think this is the last one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The biggie for the week. Okay. Um, so, future Thanks I Hate It review uh, from Ian. Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> what does everyone think? Uh... <laughs> it just, yeah. I, I'm like, do you know what? This looks all right. <laughs> What I'm going to say is going to sound really stupid, but often reboots don't. It looks like a fucking Hellraiser film. Yep. And, and that's yeah. That's what I fucking want. It looks gnarly. It looks fucking nasty and gory. And it, and do you know what? I am so here for this movie. I. The thing is, I I liked it, but I would be I'd be a little bit worried that it was. All right, that's a decent trailer, but I bet the film's absolute garbage. But it's David Bruckner, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. Ever, do you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm all right with this guy. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, anything from the guy directed the Night House, I'll watch. I'm really not looking forward to it, but. That's just because it's a Hellraiser film. Yeah, which I can completely see. Um, J- Jamie Clayton, is that... Oh, don't, 
I don't know the person's pronouns. I, 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 I uh, yeah. Um, but I, I think they is that their name, Jamie Clayton. I think she's. Um, she's uh, I think she, I think she's just. I think she's. I think she's trans. I think she's. She's a, she's a her. She's she's a her. Okay. I think because I did the same thing as you. Was like right. Don't get this wrong. I'm very certain she's just she's trans. She's not. A, but she's not. She's not binary. No, she's not non-binary. No, yeah. no she's not non-binary. Okay, all right, fine. Um, it's it, 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 sorry, like, it just I, I I genuinely don't want to offend anyone. She looks great as Pinhead, and that voice that she's doing is wild, mm. like just really weird and just kind of really puts me on edge. Yep. I also she's forty four. Yeah, bloody hell, fair play. I also love the fact that um, the latest Hellraiser movie is going to be Disney. <laughs> nice. I mean, dude, the fact that Barbarian is a Disney film. Yeah, it's very funny. The, the fact that, that, um, that there's a Disney Plus trailer out there at the moment. That just basically just it plays on the fact that there's a lot of very not Disney things available on Disney Plus mm. shows that you know what they're actually been a little bit clever mm. with this. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to this as in a do you know what fuck it why not <laughs> kind of way. So that the show that we'll be reviewing this on is going to be The Woman King, Amsterdam, and Hellraiser. <laughs> That's a weird one. I need Woman King Cinema, to baby. very quickly because I can't watch that fucking trailer anymore. Oh, Looking so forward to the Miss movie. Yeah. Goes to Paris. I'm sick of seeing yeah, the Miss Harris Goes to Paris one's annoying now as well. And the, yeah, the fucking, but the Woman King one is driving me mad. Cause it's a good trailer, the, um, but it's the... too long. It's a really long trailer, and then when you see it every time you go to the cinema, it's like, all right, I'm in the bag. I'm going to fucking watch it. Leave me alone. I, I, yeah, I, just do a couple of trailers and splice them in for different movies. Yeah. The the Smile trailer's doing that for me at the moment. You, yes, yes. Like, but Smile is out this coming weekend. Yeah. Uh, and it's apparently really good. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad for that. But yeah, woman, yeah, woman king's week after next. Just yeah, Hellraiser. I oh, God, it's just going to be such a thanks. I hate it. Yeah, it really the, idea, the idea of the the guy who directed the Night House, which is a wonderfully tense film, doing a Hellraiser film, like that's it's an exciting prospect. Don't get me wrong. It, it just, just oh God, I'm going to hate watching it. Yeah, you are going to hate watching it. I'm not even sure we caught it. Yeah. It's going to be horrible. Um, yeah. Right. Let's review a fucking movie. Let's review a fucking movie. So, Don't Worry Darling is uh, co-written... No, it's not current. It's just directed by Olivia Wilde, uh, and it is written by K.E. Silberman, uh, and it stars uh, Florence of the Pews, Harry Styles... Uh, Olivia Wilde herself, Gemma Chan, Nick Kroll, Chris Pine, um, and, and some other people. What does what does the IMDb say it's about? Let's have a fucking look. Let's have a fucking look. Because I think these are funnier than me trying to explain them. Don't worry, darling. A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that her glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. I mean, maybe, maybe. 
Um, Becky. Mm. How much did you worry, darling? I was quite worried, to be honest. Um, I wasn't when the first trailers came out, and then the more stuff that came out, I was about the tensions on set and stuff like that, because it can affect the final product. And then, um, obviously it landed, and people have not been especially kind about it. How would you be? What did you think? It looks really nice. It's fine. It thinks it's it thinks it's very very clever, and it's just quite clever. Um, it thinks it's twists really clever, but it telegraphs the, the twist far too early for it to class as one. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that later. It just becomes something you're looking for rather than a, oh my fucking God, I did not see that coming. Mm. That's what a twist is. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when you know that there's something, it's, as I said to you earlier, didn't I? it's a reveal, it's not a twist, because you know it's, that something's coming. Um, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't hate it. It's not It's not a complete waste of time to watch, like some other films that we'll be talking about later. But it's not, it's not as good as it could have been. Okay. Which I think is really disappointing, because it looked like it was going to be like just this really fucking stylish, twisty thriller. And it, it, it's not really... Yes. Thought Florence Pugh was really, really good in it, though. The praise that she's getting is deserved. Ian, what do you think? I think Bex hit the nail on the head there. Not as good as it could have been is exactly what Don't Worry Darling is. Um, I will just say, um, I slightly handicapped myself, as I kind of mentioned on a, a couple of shows ago. I r- drunkenly read, like the last few pages of a version of the screenplay Um, so I knew that it was some sort of computer simulation however that screenplay has uh, a she wakes up and it's actually 2050 Um, but then she like something happens and then she wakes up again and she's in a psychiatric hospital but then it turns out that she's actually back in another (coughs) simulation so they cut that stuff out so, which I'd be intrigued for you guys' thoughts on this, but um, I thought it just stopped instead of ended. Um, and it just like the fact that uh, I saw somebody on Reddit say this, but the fact that, like, okay, so the logical end of this is she wakes up like basically next to a dead Harry Styles. Yeah. And just what? And, like, and, 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 and tries to work out shit. How long have I been here? <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it that right. So, so I am a bit handicapped there with my reaction here. But th- when I came out of it, I thought it's really good looking. I thought the sound was amazing, um, and I think Olivia Wilde has obviously got a sense of how to create an atmosphere of just shit's not right. Um, But it also feels like any studio notes that were given were 
maybe not followed up on. Um, it takes a long time to say very little, this film. Um, and the the mystery is more caused by a bunch of questions which actually don't even deserve to be questions because they don't really mean anything. So you guys just saw this today, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, okay. So... I, you know, I don't know whether you guys have actually had time to like kind of think about this stuff, but it, like, what was the plane about? What were the earthquakes about? Mm. What was uh, Harry Styles' promotion about? What was Harry Styles' fucking um, dance about? Th- yeah, yes. That was embarrassing. Um, all, all I can think of there, yeah, it was, is that that fucking just one of the. What's it's got a little bit fucking one of the programmers was just having a fun night and was like, Look, I can make him dance. I can make him dance. Look, look, look. Imagine the space by dances. He dances. He dances. Do you know what I think would have been a better, sorry, just while I remember, what would have been a better thing yeah. within the twist that's not a twist because it's, it's too obvious that there is one? If they'd broken up because he was a fucking layabout and she was a full-on doctor and she got sick of, like, supporting his ass. Mm. And then he'd gone round and, like, drugged her and then inserted her into the simulation. Mm. Rather than they were still together and he just tricked her into it. Because then it would have taken the, like, the ick up a level, I think. I think it would have made the ending better. Yeah. And plus she well, wouldn't have been so with him looking the way that he did at the end of those fucking flashback scenes. Uh, the thing is, well, I... I have a, a reason for why I don't think that would have worked, and I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. But I mean, it, that and, and this is this is the thing. It's like a film that spends so much time in the opening two acts, and like the scene with um, uh, Florence Pugh call, like calling out there, "Isn't this odd? Isn't this odd? Isn't this odd?" And then Chris Pine just like basically gaslighting her, and for what end? Because what is the ending of this film? She kills Harry Styles, she drives off, a bunch of people chase her, she manages to get away from them, and then she touches that thing in the headquarters. While Gemma Chan, for some reason, yeah, yeah. kills Chris Pine. It's my like, what? Alright, let's not follow up on that then. Yeah, and there's no sense, because she Gemma Chan like really chews him, uh, uh, Florence Pugh out mm. in that one scene. You know, it, it, it's... It's a really messy film, which I like less and less the more I think about it. But and and and, and more so because it look Olivia Wilde, I think, can direct a film. Um, you know, I didn't think Booksmart was all that. I certainly don't think Don't Worry, Darling was all that. But I don't think that she's someone who should never like make a film again. But she needs a script, a screenplay that is not running on the fumes of how satisfied it is with itself, that it's talking about these things, that it forgets to actually have anything new to say, mm. but also to even like make sense at points. Can I ask a question actually? Well, just before we get too far past the Gemma Chan killing Frank. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, my read on that was that she's. <clears throat> this is this is a simulation that has been purely geared for male wish fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a bit in the Matrix 
which obviously is a is a logical comparison here, where um, Smith says we tried to make a utopia, but you rejected it. Yeah. So like, I don't know. For the women, it's it's quite an unsatisfying. Nice, nice enough, I guess. But you know, just being housewives, going shopping, blah de blah, drinking cocktails, fine. But it do, it doesn't feel like real life. So is there? A, a, it's it's always the the men know and the women don't. But obviously, it's like the women are rejecting it, and it's two in quite close proximity that have rejected this false world. Yeah. And maybe Gemma Chan just thinks that she could do better. Yeah, that was my read on that it. That was that was my read on it as well. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and I mean, I I think that's right. But the film doesn't really do anything to actually. No, it makes you like, get, yourself, get, get <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all through the film, she's super, super supportive. It's not like there's even a look from her at some point to key you in on. Oh, okay, maybe she's not actually into this. No, I, I think she I, seems the to last be fully line that she has, or the last bit that she has, is talking about how amazing he is. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think to be fair, I think the Olivia Wilde character is actually way more interesting. Where she's like, "I know what this is, and I choose to be here." Um, yeah, like that. That that's an interesting aspect. Maybe play up on that. Like I say, it it, it is the film that is most most content with the smell of its own farts of the year, and that's really annoying. Because there's good shit in it. Mark. Florence Pugh's very good. Nick Kroll's uh, very good, actually. Nick Kroll's very good, but Nick Kroll's... They're, they're two mm. people who are, kind of, who are always very good. Yeah, but if we're looking at strong male performances in this, Nick Kroll's very good. Chris Pine's very good. He's fine. But he's Chris Pine. He's, he, no, but he's, he's, it's not a great performance. He's barely it? in it. It, 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 it. But all he has to do is, is, is look like Chris Pine and talk. And be smug, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm alright with that. Um, I don't think, actually, in terms of acting, I don't think there's actually a bad performance in it. I'm not saying I think bad. Olivia Wilde is really good in this. Sorry. Like, I, think she, I think she's spot on for that character. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, it, 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 the, the, the performances. I'm not saying there's they're bad performances. That's that's not the point I'm making. I'm just saying there's not there's not really any apart from Florence Pugh that I would class as being great. I think part of that is because the, the, the film is there's not a lot of breathing room for any of the other characters no, no, at true. all. It is very much Pugh's character's film. Um, mm. However. The, yeah, there's no twist, it's a reveal at the end. The problem is, is if you've got to think a film that is this uh, kind of destination-based, where it's not a twist, it is a reveal. Mm. Because it's, it, it very early on makes you aware that something's not right. Mm. The journey is really fucking boring. Mm. <laughs> along the way yeah. and that's the problem and actually what it does is it just keeps doing the same thing over and over again mm. um, that if you're going to do that you've got to make sure the fucking destination is fucking brilliant it's got to be fucking Disneyland and it isn't mm. 
It's fucking flamingo land. <laughs> and the bullet's closed. Oh no. So it's just a fucking sad looking giraffe and some teacups. And that's all it is. They've got that caterpillar thing. <laughs> um, yeah, fine, great. Um, so it's it's not very good. Every time... The thing is, well, with all of the, the, the hoo-ha that's gone around it um, leading up to it, every time that you're watching it, every time that Harry Styles has more than sort of 15 seconds on screen where he's not just essentially being Harry Styles... And a little bit looking like a boy amongst grown-ups mm. for throughout yeah. the rest of it. Um, now the thing is, I I I don't mind Harry Styles the pop star. I think he's fine. He does catchy songs. I've seen footage of him live, and he looks he looks good. I like the fact that he fucking thumbs his nose at people by turning up on on Vogue and wearing a fucking dress. And I think he's doing it for the right reasons and to essentially to piss off the right people. So this isn't a Harry Styles criticism, mm. but he's not a charismatic screen presence at all. No. And all I kept thinking of was whenever he had to do any acting in scenes, and I don't think he's necessarily a bad actor either. Not right for this character. But whenever he had to do any acting in scenes for that character, mm. I kept thinking, do you know who'd be really good at this? Shia LaBeouf <laughs> and I know that we have a lot of problems with Shia LaBeouf and there's that, that's fine but it's just he would have been better at that I can see why he was originally cast Yeah. but then I can't see why when there was whatever reasons for recasting were I can't see why they ended up like film wise in terms of pure film not film marking, etc., or anything like that, mm. because I can see why they end up on Harry Styles for that. But I can't see why they end up on Harry Styles for this role, because he looks too young. He's not got the char- charisma that the character is supposed to have. He's not got the experience of turning the weighty performance that is yeah. needed either. He'd have been all right <clears throat> as, like, you know, the, the new guy that comes in. Yeah. That kind of role. The one that's supposed to be kind of naive and excited. Yeah, that's what he is basically. He's a fucking golden retriever with his head out of a car window, but, and that's not what's needed for this role. But then you've got to look. At the, there's the other bit. There's a bit in it where it transitions from um, Harry Styles basically being, you know, seen as the dreamboat fucking husband, and it transitions from there to a shot of Chris Pine, and you look at it going right, all right, that is pop star dreamboat versus fucking movie star dreamboat they're very fucking different they're both okay Chris Pine would look silly doing what playing Madison Square Garden but <laughs> yeah. it, it there's, there's that element of it but it's just the worst thing you can do if you're doing something that is and I'm going to do bunny ears ambitious is A, not be very ambitious mm. because it's not. No. Um, and B, be frankly quite boring mm. throughout it. And that's it. But the, it's, as well, it's, it's technically, it's, sorry, no. it, technically it's, it's good. I don't think it's very good, technically. Mm. I, I think, I think, but I think it, 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 it's very good. It's a lot more than competence. Mm. It's, it's good. Um, Some of the little tricks in it are nice as well. But they don't do anything. They're just tricks. Yeah, yeah. 
they're just, but, and, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's a winger doing 15 fucking step overs and then a full back's going oh I'm doing that I'm just knock the ball away from him and oh, run yeah, away with yeah, it yeah yeah Mm. Disappointing. Sorry, what are you saying? Sorry, I'll be back in a second. Oh. Sorry, so yeah, um, it, I, I just no, no, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, thank you. There's just some. It, it, it's it, the story is nowhere near as smart as it is. I don't. I, I, you say Bex that you, you thought it was it, it was still quite smart. I don't think it is. Mm. It, it, it's been done. I I genuinely I, I thought at the end of it I thought that is a fucking weak ass story. I wonder what the book ending of the book is if this is a different. I then found out there is no book. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd read the book. No, it's a, yeah, it's an original screenplay. Yeah. Um, what I would also say it, is if this is your end product, don't go out there trying to make out like it's some fucking raunchy celebration of female sexuality because with the exception of what two scenes it, no, scenes it, 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 it is because he fucking loves going down on her once what he, there's, he, he keeps trying what? to look over the point mm. what was the bit where like he was doing that with Florence Pugh and Chris Pine looked at, like walked in and watched like what was that about like why was it, that, Florence Pugh letting it happen while he was there. She like, was that's never addressed. Strokes. Yeah, she was already in a vinegar stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's yeah. What it is. Too, too late to start the train left ju- the station. Yeah. Like, it just. Yeah. All right. I. I don't know. I mean, like, the bit where she's like I think she's like preparing meat or something and then she gets the clean film and then just decides to fucking wrap it around her face I started laughing and it, it like obviously that's not the reaction but I was just like what's happening now like why why is that well, you know and it it, 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 it just there, there are these moments that are like visually interesting like the the, the ballerina stuff that's done like 5,000 times is interesting the first thousand times but um, like the wall coming out and pressing her up against the what is it? That's nothing. Why? 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 Would, but and and why was that happening? And like the the clean film bit. Why did that happen? The eggs. <laughs> the, the, the eggs. I think I think that's supposed to indicate maybe faults in the simulation. But then, but then there's no other faults in the simulation. No, it, no. no you, you can't have a fault in the simulation but, I mean, there. Again, but then she's cooking eggs later on. The, <laughs> yeah. the plane. What was the plane and the crash? And what are the earthquakes? Yep. And, and it's just the the, the oh. biggest mystery of it all, right? Yeah. What? When did Dieter von Teese become a thing again? It's not two thousand and six. Yeah. Yeah. It, right. All I can think of there is that she lives next to Olivia Wilde. <laughs> She lives next mm. to Olivia Wilde, and Olivia Wilde has got a little bit stoned one time and gone, yeah, don't worry, darling, you can be in it. And then got what's away and gone, ah, oh, fucking hell, I just punned, I just punned my neighbour in this movie. Christ, how am I getting out of this? Yeah. I've talked myself down further. I have as well. I was on two and a half out of five. Uh, sorry, right, Acting-wise, like I said, I don't think Aaron Styles is bad in it. He's just not very good in it. He's just not right for the role. That's, that's it. Fault. No, yeah, you're right. He's not right for the role. That's it. Um, 
He's been put into it because he was banging Olivia Wilde, and he's not right for the role. But well, he he wasn't beforehand. That's the thing. Like straight up, like they've just gone. Harry Styles is interested. He's available, and you will have more interest in this film if you cast him. I think it's as simple as that. And Olivia Wilde's gone. Yeah, all right. It's the thing is, and I, I keep seeing a lot of people say there's a better, more interesting movie in there. Mm. I don't think there is, you know. I think there is in the hands of a. Um, I think there is. In a better, in the hands of a better writer and a better director. I'm not saying she's bad, but she's not got the experience to bring out the nuances of this story. But it. So in 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 that like screenplay that I I, I read, it it's like in the simulation when she's like confronting him about it she like straps him down and pours hot coffee on him on his bare skin and like tries to shove a like a broom up his ass and stuff and it's like oh <laughs> but no seriously you i think you, you you need a more visceral i think it kind of lets harry styles off because yeah. you've got that one moment where like he's tricked her into the car and then they take her away. He's like, fuck, fuck, which was awful, by the way. Yeah. But it, it, it's just like, okay, so what? He actually feels bad about this, does he? You know, and it's like, you're the one who put her in there. No, you don't have us have this moment of, oh, he feels bad about it. And it, it's like, no, if you're going to do man, like, drugs woman and traps her in computer simulation, I think you can't maybe actually don't have shades of grey there. Yeah, that's it. Like, it just, it's confusing. Yeah. It's, um, I, 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 it, it's a little bit... I wonder if Olivia Wilde's character always knew or whether she's found out and she's just... No, no, I think she it. always knew. I think that's the point. Is she, I think she always uh, knew. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if she's the only one whose husband is fucking currently strapped to a bed and doesn't know he's there. Because <laughs> he goes off with rest of them. Yeah, I, 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 reckon, I reckon he is the one who's like fucking cleaning shit and things like that inside headquarters. He's the one who, he's <laughs> he one who goes, who goes, fucking hell, they're driving the fucking mountain like fucking chumps. I'm going to go over here and he's just having like clean. Like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Acting yeah. like the big man. Because <laughs> a little bit there, why did they get rigged? The, like, there is so many problems that just don't make sense with this film mm. that, that make me just go, all right, so it's just a collection of things that you think look pretty. Yeah. But then, I mean, from the guy's point of view, like, how is it any different to, to real life? They live in this beautiful place. And they go off to work every day. So they come out of the simulation, but, they go do their day, day jobs, and then they come home, but they come home to, like, the 50s. But even 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 that, even setting it in a 50s Americana-esque thing feels very fucking tired. Who wouldn't want to live there, though? It's just a bit... In a fucking space-age house. Who wouldn't want to live there? Yeah. I would take being a housewife in a hoop dress in a space-age house any fucking day of the week. Did you know back in those days they had fridges, right? Where the shelves weren't shelves, they were they were drawers. You could pull. I mean, you can still get those. You can you because can. they've stopped fucking innovating with anything that looks nice. Because that's why the fifties is always seen as this glorious time because it was the first time that ever uh, innovation and commerce collided. Because you had during the um, the Second World War, you had formation of plastics, um, and that's what essentially led to. A commercial revolution. Sorry, our battery spots down. What is it? So, 
that's why it's always seen as the like, the utopian time because but it looks fucking ace yeah, if, I, if I got to spend my days wearing a beautiful dress doing a bit of housework doing some cooking going shopping drinking cocktails I'd, I'd, I'd be fine with that it, yeah it looks fine I don't want to be a I don't want to live in the real world anymore I, do you hard. know what do you know what though I just don't. I I don't think that Harry Styles' character on the real fucking plane looked like he had it in him to keep the uptake of her. I bet on that bed bit, the bit that you aren't seeing is the fact that he hasn't changed that fucking nappy in weeks. Mm. Mm. She's got oh, bed dying. sores all over. I actually don't think in the real world the Harry Styles character would get the Florence Pugh character. He seems he seems kind of like useless. Oh, no, there, that, that, there is that as that, well. That's definitely they've been together since they were at high school, and she just doesn't know. She just hasn't got the fucking she ain't got the energy to just fucking bin him. Mm. She's just too tired. Oh, and the bit where like she gets back from working, what does she say? It's like a thirty-hour shift, and he's like She's, trying on with yeah. her. She's like, "Fuck off, Harry." She's tired. Leave her the fuck alone. <laughs> and it's like it's that one turn down that then makes him decide right i'm gonna trap her in this computer simulation yeah, this rando yeah. on youtube i'm listening to is talking about like it just there's like there's there's so much fill in the blanks mm. but so much just doing the same thing over and over again it makes his uh, real life it, character it, have some real kind of incel energy i think that's entirely oh yeah yeah but it makes it easier yeah. to dislike him Makes it a really. It's just I, I don't know. Harry Styles as an incel and as a fifties husband who likes going down on his wife. It's like those are two roles that don't work for Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I ain't shit. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm there as well at this point. It, yeah, it's shit, but. Again, Matty Libertique cin- cinematography, fantastic. Mm. I think Olivia Wilde has fantastic. got something for atmosphere. But she yeah, though? sorry, she, Bex. Because like- I think I I I think there are individual sequences in this film that would work if, when put together with the whole film, they kind of don't make any sense. Uh, I think uh, with Olivia Wilde, I think. Th- her next film has to be a film that isn't necessarily trying to send a message that she's really passionate about. Mm, just I think it, it, it needs to be a, a, a film that is mm. a little bit, not disassociated from it because she's a director and she's got to have an interest in what she's doing, but it, it, she shouldn't have to have a courageous message behind it that gets lost within everything. Mm. I just back onto what we were saying about the atmosphere thing. I think this film needs a a gradual building of unease, where it seems relatively normal to start off with, and then you start noticing things, and then there's bigger things. And do you know what I mean? This is just fucking. You instantly notice something wrong. Oh, she flashes the panties way too fucking yeah, quickly. Yeah, so, which is what I mean. It's like she she doesn't build an atmosphere. It's just there from the start. Hmm. I, I, I do think there's I do think there's a good di- there's a director somewhere within Olivia Wilde I just haven't seen it yet in her first two films which which yeah. makes no sense 
but I do see what Ian's saying. She's got an eye. She's 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 got a, she has got some skill for it, but it's not. This is an ambitious film for a second movie, and she ultimately fails the movie because there's a better film in the movie. Mm. Make it in a few years' time when you've got a few more under your belt. I will say one thing: I don't think Olivia Wilde lacks is confidence. Oh well, yeah, but it's it's it's. She's up, she's it? she's a white American rich woman. <laughs> from a very wealthy family that motherfucker does not lack confidence no, no I'm not I'm not saying it's a lack of confidence no, it's a lack of experience yeah I I think she will do a Marvel or a DC next I think it'll be a Marvel but I think it'll be a couple of episodes of a series and then a film I'm alright with that because I've given up on Marvel now anyway our audience poll Definitely not shit 31%, Touching Cloth 13%, shit 38%, and Geostorm 18%. All over the fucking place, then. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm quite disappointed in that. I think that yeah. will make my disappointments of the year, because yeah. I was I was really pumped for that movie. I think we all were. That first, that first trailer was great. Yeah, That first trailer was really, really good. Mm. Um, it... it you know, if you're gonna watch a film about how women are getting fucked over in today's society from this year, watch Resurrection. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. 
Farscape. Quantum Leap. So giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So... With that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Oh, should we move on? Can we take a small break? Mm. Yeah. My, my, my stomach's really, really badly rumbling. I don't want it to get picked up on the microphone. Should we take a small break? <laughs> I'm going to get a cracker and All some right. cheese. Fair enough. Just to fill a hole. Well, should we do, should we do some what we've been watching? Mark. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, if you're going to stay on, Mike, I, I can just I can just go if you yeah. if you guys want. Just edit out cool. a bit where I say about my summer rumbling. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not editing that out. That sounds like work. Um, <laughs> go on, Neil. What have you been watching? You got, you got, I mean, like, to be fair, she's got a grumbly tumbly. She hasn't said, like, I'm going to shit myself. You know, like, so... <laughs> It's tamed by bastard standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, so I've got I've got a few to go through. Um, so my plane watches. Um, successfully completed my mission of watching Top Gun Maverick on a plane. Um, and uh, like, lich, oh, it was so good. That in-flight entertainment. It was like even like just while you were sat there before it even started taxiing, you could start watching stuff. So um that that like that was just I um I had a very good time of watching the guy in front of me every now and then like how many films was he going to get through and he just squeaked four before we landed. <laughs> That's impressive. Um yeah man he's tired like, he that, was a couple... I think he might have I, like he's he looked at it and gone, literally I can't do Top Gun Maverick cuz that's going to take too long. <laughs> What was it he watched? He watched The Suicide Squad, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Bob's Burgers the movie. <laughs> and literally finished Bob's Burgers with maybe a couple of minutes to spare. Like I was really impressed. <laughs> that, that, that is quite impressed. That's a bravo moment, that, isn't it? it yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I couldn't make it work. Like, it was... Um, I, 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 yeah, I had, I had like an hour to spare at the end, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, Top Gun Maverick. Obviously, we talked a lot about it. I will say on this third watch, I really like John Hamm and how his character changes, and I also like John Hamm's mate, who is like really stoic through it all. And then right at the end, when Tom Cruise looks up at him in the aircraft hangar, just does like a massive like fist pump wave thing at Tom Cruise and it rules <laughs> but John Hammers John Ham as well just like the way he like slowly gets on board with Maverick but never actually like seems to admit that he likes him it's um yeah i mean it's it, it's 
obviously that film is a good time. And the in-flight version does some aspect ratio shifting. I don't think it's like the full kit and caboodle, um, but like there was definitely some aspect ratio shifting happening, and I was very impressed. Because you know Cruise has gone, uh, hey, if people are watching a plane, I want them to watch it in the best possible way. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. You know, and it, 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 yeah, I don't know. It worked. It was fine. I mean, it's sort of, it obviously it was more for the I wanted to watch Top Gun Maverick on a plane rather than for the quality of it. You know, but it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Um, so uh, then I watched uh, the outfit, which was a film from oh shit this year. Okay, this year, uh, yeah. so this is directed by great yeah. Uh, directed by Graham Moore, who uh, wrote the Intimidate- Intimidation Game, mm. I want to say. Uh, and uh, this uh, stars Mark Rylance as a... He keeps on saying he's not a tailor, he's a cutter. But he runs like a bespoke clothing shop in uh, like Chicago in... I, I don't know, like the, fif- like the 50s or something. Yeah, mid-50s. Um, have you seen this? No, I'm not. I've just got, I, can't, I, I thought, is the one I'm thinking of the Mark Rylance one? So I brought up the um, Wikipedia. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, cool. Um, and, um, yeah, so... Um, and, and and basically, um, he, he isn't involved with the mob or anything, but he kind of lets them come and go in his shop and they have, like, a little post box thing that they post messages to each other. Um, and they're... Basically, this local mob have found that there is a rat in their organization uh, and they're involved in a war with um, uh, some uh, uh, local folks who uh, like are another mob who are looking to do battle with them. Um, One of them, uh, played by Johnny Flynn, is um, shot. Uh, no, played by Dylan O'Brien is shot. Johnny Flynn is uh, like his mate. Uh, Dylan O'Brien is the son of the head of the mob family. Uh, uh, Johnny Flynn is like the almost like adopted son, and they they kind of they're slightly jostling for power, but in a passive aggressive way. Uh, Dylan O'Brien is shot. Um, and uh, Mark Rylance's character kind of has to get involved because they burst into his um, bespoke clothing shop, and it kind of goes from there, and then it's just like twisty-turny. It's basically every ten minutes, there is a twist of some sort. And it felt like a perfect film to watch on a plane, where Mark Rylance is insanely overqualified for the role and it it feels like one of those films that I've said quite a lot where it's like if COVID didn't happen, X wouldn't star in Y. But because it did and opportunities were maybe more limited, you see these people showing up. So Rylance's character reveals more about himself as the film goes on and he's got like several kind of like monologues. Um, But it basically, it, it feels like a like a, a theatre piece um, shot for film where like there's only ever like f- at most four people in the same scene and it's like Mark, Mark Rylance is basically a constant and it's people coming in having dialogue with him Rylance doing a monologue and then something happens and then another set of people come in uh, and blah 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 
I thought it was all right. It is a absolutely fine one watch. Um, like literally, I I would assume that zero copies of this film have been purchased on any format. It's you stream it on a service, you rent it. That is it. I see no reason why anyone would ever want to re-watch the outfit. <laughs> but while it's on, it's fine. It is a per- it's a perfectly engaging time. It's about an hour 40 and that's absolutely fine for what this film is. It, it, it sounds like um, it sounds like the most Tuesday afternoon with lunch movie you can search yet. <laughs> Yeah, and essentially I watched it on Tuesday afternoon on a plane just after lunch. There you fucking go. <laughs> Perfect. So there you go, the outfit. It's, uh, it, it's you know, it's it's uh, it, you know, if you're at all interested, you, it's 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 fine. There you go. Um, and then my last film on the plane was a rewatch of Licorice Pizza. Ooh. So. Um, the thing that really really annoys me about Licorice Pizza is that Alana Heim and Cooper Hoffman have got really really good chemistry and if it wasn't for the fact that Hoffman's character is as young as he is you know I'd be way way more into it this film is very very entertaining it passes time on a plane fucking beautifully I'll say that (laughs) Bradley Cooper rules everything that man is doing in this film I am insanely on board with um like basically like the last scene he's in before, before like the credit bit but where he's just like pissed off about like not being able to get gas He's like wandering along, and you, he go walks out of frame, and you see these two like tennis player girls walk into frame, and then you just see him walk back and then just start <laughs> chatting to them. It's something about like, hey, do you like peanut butter? And like both of them are like, no. And then he just kind of carries on talking to them, but then they engage. It's great, and yeah, it it's it is annoying because. I, I think I said it in the main review, but it's like if you just had the film end where he's just like, ladies and gentlemen, people can have your attention, presenting Mrs. Alana Valentine. And if she just looked at him with that scoff look that she does and it cut to credits, I think I would have been fine. But it's the kiss and it's the I love you, Gary. And it just, it, it's, I. No, like it's 20 minutes beforehand. She's annoyed with him because he's like dicking about with his friends and pretending that like a fuel pump's a dick and waving it about and whatnot. And it's the, 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 the film ends on a way where it's like she's basically settling and going like, yeah, all right, he's into me. I've tried a few other things and they didn't work out. And there's a sense of no matter what age men are, they're kind of the same. So if you can just find one that you can vibe with, regardless of the age, just go for it. It 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 it, it doesn't square off for me. 
I, I, I think it's I because I have a different reading of it than that. I think it's the fact that she's he's more mature for his age, but is also a boy, uh, and she's very immature for her age, <laughs> and she's kind of almost mm. accepting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, I mean, the thing is, but but I, I will also concede that. If you'd made him eighteen months older, which wouldn't have affected anything in the movie at all, I could see why people could have gone. Do you know what? I can get with that if he was just seventeen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It it it, it just it it remains to not sit well with me, and that's really annoying because everything else around the film, including their performances and their chemistry is grade A shit. Um, that one scene where um, the... It's like the talent agent is talking to them. And uh, she's like, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And Alana is like, yeah, 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 yeah. And every now and then, like the talent agent just looks at her and then maybe starts laughing or something. Or like, she just looks at her really intensely. It's like, I can tell you're a fighter. You're like me. You're from the street. And it's like, can you do Spanish? Yes. Can you do archery? Yes. You know, that scene where like she just every now and then just stops and does something random is amazing. And I will say, and I know this got a lot of shit, but the John Michael Higgins bit, you are not supposed to be laughing at the fact that he's putting on a Japanese accent or what he thinks is a Japanese accent. You're supposed to be laughing at the fact that he's a fucking idiot who thinks that she will understand if he says the exact same thing in a Japanese accent. He's an idiot. That's why he's funny. Yes. I, I, I can't believe people don't get that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go, Licorice Pizza. And my last, uh, what we've been watching, did a rewatch of the great John McTiernan film, The Hunt for Red October. So, this film. Uh, yeah, it rules. It rules. It rules. Um, it is just like the ultimate film that I think will just be better every time I watch it as I get older and I just settle into liking my political thrillers where Alec Baldwin's playing a slightly everyman CIA agent and Sean Connery is being honourable. Um, and just like the the games that they're playing to like to, to trick people into like the things that they're doing, just the machinations of this film rule the score absolutely slaps, and it contains the Russian national anthem, which I know Russia is uh, really not a great country, but my God, is that national anthem the best fucking national anthem ever done? Oh yeah, it, it, it's a that, it fucking rules. Um, this, I mean, this film is claustrophobic. It's great performances. Um, it absolutely is not a second longer than it needs to be, and it's still over two hours long, and that's absolutely fine. Uh, it's a wonderful film. Is the Hunt for Red October, and it's just like it's a very, very good holiday watch. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, I am done. Becky. Hang on. That box just loaded. What have I watched on my own? 
Okay, so on my own, I've only watched one movie. I've been very heavy into my Stephen King this week again. It's getting really exciting. If you cared, I'd tell you all about it. Um, I, I watched Clue again. I don't really need to talk about Clue, do I? I Probably. talk about it every couple of months. Clue's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, you do talk. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, they're, they're doing a remake, aren't they? I had a whole conversation with someone at work about this. Um, and like with most remakes, I'm very much just like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's shit. The original will still be there. Just don't have to watch it if it's shit. But Clue is like one of those. It's like a cuddly toy for me. I just go back to it every once in a while and just get a hug off it and then just, just leave it be. And it's quite regular. And I'm, I'm quite sad that they're remaking Clue. And I cannot think who they're going to cast as um, as Tim Curry's character. Swagman, isn't it? Oh? He's producing it. I don't know if he's, he's in, in it. it. He's in it as well. That'd be shit. Why do you wear a suit? Well, I'm judging it on nothing. I just feel like I'll just... <coughs> I might watch the trailer and then just skip that one. <laughs> But that's it, that's all I've watched on my own. Uh, Would you like to hear about my book? They're currently having a daring escape. Well, you can tell us when you've finished it. Then I'm halfway through. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to watch one on my own, then we'll do the, the couple we've watched <laughs> together. It doesn't care, Ian, about my, my inner life, my inner literary life. What? It's not, it's not highbrow literature either, is it? It's not like it's, it's Stephen King. That's fine. You've told me about it. <laughs> Yeah, I probably have a few times, actually. Yeah, a few times. <laughs> I feel excited. like I'm already there. I just get excited. Uh, so I rewatched, and again, I am I am one of the people who, who I'm doing one of those, I rewatched where I am the only person who has rewatched. Okay. This movie, I think. I'm the only person who remembers this movie, I think. I rewatched Alpha Dog. Uh, the, ah, that seems quite the, right. Yeah, you, of course. you. How, how many times have you watched Alpha Dog now? Twelve? It, 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 it's a few. I'm not gonna lie. It's a few, but it is. It is kind of my shit. Yeah. <laughs> this this movie. Um, but the thing is, it's it's a weird one in the fact that it, it was made in 2006, but is actually a a story from 1999 to slash 2000. But even though it's only like a five six year period in between the where the film was made and the period it's about, mm. it's weirdly almost done like a period piece. Yeah, 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 it is kind of. Um, in the sense that it, it, it gets a vibe for um, for essentially the, the, the place that it's taking place. Um, it's it's funny that now, bless you, um, that going back um Emile Hirsch was like a big, like was like the next big thing mm. um, at this point, and he was gonna be, you know, like the fucking the the, the like what they, like what I think ended up being sort of taken over by people like Ryan Gosling and people like that. Mm. I think sort of Emile Hirsch was kind of like pinpointed as that as he's fucking great, but he's a good actor. He's a, I think he's an all right actor. I don't yeah. think he's a great actor. I think part of the reason why he's never broke out is, well, two reasons. One, he fucking strangled a fucking studio VP at a party. Um, and, yeah. Wow. 
Um, and two, I don't think he's ever had a role that kind of broke out for it. Hmm. It was a Universal VP or something like that. Gosh. Uh, Why? He was hired as fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that, it does tend to go down well, that. No, uh, I, think, I think not. Yeah. Um, but. The weird thing is when you go back and look at this is Ben Foster's very good in it, but it's it's Ben Foster playing a fucking crazy kind of nut job of a character. Standard. Um, the story is loose. It, it's weirdly it it takes a few kind of like loose kind of like um, story leaps about it, but then he's also really analytical in certain bits of it. Like whenever they. Uh, if the characters interact with people, so when you've got so the story is based on a true story mm. of um, Anton Yelchin's character, uh, who his name escapes me right now. Uh, where the fuck is he? Uh, Zach Mazursky. Uh, is it Alpha Dog? It's not Alpha no, Dog. That's right. that's Emil Hirsch. So it, it's it's by by the Nicholas Kauskowitz uh, uh, murder. Right. Where it was a a local gang leader, uh, a very small town gang leader, essentially kidnapped the younger brother of somebody who owed him twelve hundred dollars, uh, kept him captive for a few days. But like in the most, we don't really know what we're doing because we've accidentally kidnapped this kid, <laughs> uh, and then killed him because they couldn't work out another way to get out of it. Dark. Yeah, and it, it, it is, and it's, it's dealt with quite dark in this, in the sense that um, you know the kid played by Anton Yelchin is spending most of his time with Justin Timberlake, who is just essentially just having him like kind of likes having him round, and yeah. he's more treating him like a little like his younger stepbrother is having to look after for a few days. So is he the um, is he the kid that's kidnapped then, Anton Yelchin? Yeah, yeah. Um, but whenever like they pass somebody in the street and they interact with them, um, a little thing comes up in the bottom corner of the screen saying um, that you know that's witness number blah blah blah. All right. And gives a name, which is basically kind of highlighting how bad um, these guys were. <laughs> yeah. At what they were doing, like that they were just such fucking idiots that they didn't actually at any point manage to. You know, uh, have any control over the stupidity of what they were fucking doing, um, and the weird thing is that this was like, this was uh, Nick Cosvetti's uh, like, this was a film like a passion project for him that he really wanted to fucking make mm. that he cashed his notebook check for. <laughs> And it's just weird that it ended up being this, this like, almost, like, Justin Timberlake vehicle. Since you remember it being quite good. It's good, yeah, it's solid. It's a solid, like, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um, weirdly, a little bit wild, isn't it? Gross. Yep. Yeah. Um, she's actually quite good at it, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it, it, I I enjoyed my rewatch with it, and it is one that I will in a few years... I, I, Seven or eight years time rewatch again, no doubt. Next time you want to rewatch it, tell me I'll watch it. Really. All right. So, what else did we rewatch, Becky? 
<laughs> we went to space, didn't we? We did. A couple of times, actually. The, the, the moon is falling. The moon did fall. Definitely. I am fully convinced it's a mega structure now. <laughs> yeah. We did rewatch Moonfall. <laughs> uh, rewatch what? Moonfall. Moonfall. <laughs> oh, Moonfall. Bloody hell. Nice. Yeah. Um, I like Moonfall. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's fun. I like the fact that uh, the moon sneaks up on people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like the Best thing that, about that film. I like the fact that there's a cat named Fuzz Aldrin. Yep. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's stupid. It's fun. But it knows it's stupid. And it knows you're having fun. That's it. Like, it's not trying to be anything it's not. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. Um we won't get into a deal on that because we watched we, we reviewed it earlier this year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So what else did we rewatch, Becky? Uh, we also rewatched Life, which I didn't remember very well. Oh shit! I remembered watching it, but I, don't, I didn't remember it very well. So, what did you think of of, of Life on a rewatch? It's you and we watched it, didn't I? There is no way now if Ryan Reynolds was in a movie, he would be getting killed off that early. No, I, th- I think that was the point. I think that was the MacGuffin. Yeah, the MacGuffin was the fact that. He gets yeah. killed off really easy, really early. And for the rest of the movie, going, oh, when's he coming back? When's he coming back? And he done. Yeah, no, I never thought he was coming back, but I, just, I did not anticipate him dying that quickly. Um, I really fucking liked it, actually. Um, <coughs> I don't remember enjoying it as much when we first watched it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good. It's bleak. Yeah. Fucking bleak. And it is, like, really grim points as well that bit where he's oh my god that bit where he's breaking that man's hand yeah hand trauma I mean to be fair he executed it he started it all yeah if 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 you've got a little weird alien thing that you don't really know what it's fucking doing don't electrocute it right don't fucking piss it off yeah I mean to be fair the the see-through bastard does take it quite badly doesn't he he does but like they, they, they drew first blood so to speak it keeps crawling in people's mouths <laughs> and doing all kinds of shit and then crawling back out oh yeah that bit when Ryan Reynolds like oh, oh. yeah yeah it's a I, I like that's a fact. rough film yeah, yeah. it's this Sorry. really fucking but the, the great thing about it is it's a really it, it, it looks like there's no a, bad ape in this movie this one is just relentless yeah it, it, it's, yeah. it's a big it's a it's, it's a medium to big budget sci-fi movie that looks really fucking good but is actually really quite nasty and quite grim and oppressive yeah. and not a lot of there's no there's no hope in this movie well it looks it looks from like the aesthetic of it and the budget of it and the, the people it's got in it and stuff like that like it's going to be your normal kind of Hollywood space movie they'll face peril they mm. will ultimately overcome said peril well, actually be... it's a horror movie eh? well actually it's yeah. a horror movie and there'll be heroes along the way when in reality it's all just fucked yeah it's it, it, it's everybody's dead day of the movie <laughs> yeah oh and then but just that ending is so mean yeah yeah it is it, it, it's, it's it's such a fucking kick in the dick yeah 
I mean, it's it's kind of funny just in the fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. dark kind of way. But... It, 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 you're very much going, you don't need to do that, do you? <laughs> but then you went and did it. You went and did it. I like the fact that as well, the, the, the randomness that there was rumours that it was going to be end up, they were going to flip it to being a Venom prequel. Yeah. It didn't. No. But, I mean, but there was rumours there. But you, I can't. Yeah, you could have seen it. Yeah, yeah. It could. Yeah, it could have been. That's the thing. And it would have been quite <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh man, that Daniel Espinosa. What else has he done? Ooh, he's done a few bits. Because he has. That's the thing. Like he. Easy Money, Child he's... 44, and of course, um, Morbius. Yeah, and he did Safe House, that was the one I was thinking of. Uh, like, Safe yeah, House, it... yeah. So, I mean, obviously he had that pre-existing relationship with Ryan Reynolds mm. from Safe... God, Safe House was 2012, Jesus Christ. Yeah, 10 years old. Um, yeah, In- interesting. Just that, I mean, life, it's just this original sci-fi film that's got some pretty big stars in and is bleak as shit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nice. Good rewatch. Yeah. It looks, looks really good as well. Mm. Uh, right, let's do our second feature review. Let's, let's do some revenge. Got a feeling you're going to be plotting some revenge on me. <laughs> you didn't make it. Uh, so directed by Jennifer Caitlin Robinson, um, written by her uh, and Celeste Ballard, and stars uh, Camille Mendes, uh, Maya Hawke, Austin Abrams, uh, Sophie Turner, and Sarah Michelle Gellar turns up. Um, Plot synopsis from IMDb. Dre and Eleanor agreed to go after one another's bullies. Kind of, yeah. Sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, Ian, what did you think? Yeah, alright, look, I'm sorry. (laughs) People on Twitter have been saying that this is this generation's Mean Girls or... I even saw a couple of cruel intentions things banded about, which I is I saw some heathers absolute heathers, yeah. Um, if this film is this generation's, those I'm I'm very sorry to this generation. Um, it is just Netflix content. It's it just what what I don't know, yeah. What what is it trying to say? Um, People can be dickheads, but sometimes they're nice, but can also be dickheads. <laughs> and um, straight white men, maybe not the best people. Um, but also, hey, sympathise with these people plotting revenge who get a girl expelled and put in some sort of rehab centre... Um, two people, basically, yeah, two people. Sophie Turner, yeah, um, as a plot device, and have zero 
I'm sorry I did this to you about it. Like, I, by the end of this film, you are supposed to like the main characters. I didn't like either of them. Um, are you? Is that the intention? You're meant to mm, like them by the end? Yeah, I think so, yeah. You're supposed to yeah, because they drive off together, yeah. don't they? And they sing, I'm a bitch, I'm a love, you know. And Michelle you, Branch. You, you're supposed to think. It, and it, but it's almost like in a, just like a, oh, those sluts, they're going to be fine kind of a way or something. I don't know, it's weird. I, I would just say the post-credits bits, like I was just thinking during that whole scene, what about their love interests? And then you've just got those bits bolted on to the end. Brutal. Brutal. That they just did that. This is a really messy film, which is way too long. Has a plot twist, which genuinely, as soon as Amaya Hawke started telling the story of what happened, and then there's like her reaction to the other girl just going like, oh, that's terrible. I was like, right, okay, so that's her then. Fine. All right. I, I just, I didn't really care. I was just waiting for it. I I needed it to either be more mean-spirited or be warmer. And it's just in this halfway house where it wants to be catty and it wants to be bitchy, but it also wants you to like those characters. And it's a mishmash. And it, it's obviously not made for me. I, I absolutely appreciate that. But I don't know how you like those characters at the end of the film. Well, before you say anything here, Bex, right? What I will say is on the it's not made for you character statement, which I, I agree with, but I also don't agree with at the same time. Not a criticism of you, a criticism of the film. Um, if we're going to say who, who this film is marketed at, uh, I would say that would be kids around our daughter's age, wouldn't you, Isabel? Uh, Becky? Yes. And Isabel thought it was an absolute piece of shit. Can I raise one point there, though? What? Isabel has a much more encyclopedic knowledge of older films mm. than most children. And Heather's is one of her favourite films. And Heather's is one of her favourite films. And this film is basically for anyone that's not seen any other films and so won't go, yeah, but that's just copied from that and that's just copied from that and will go, oh my God, that's really clever. Instead, Isabel picks up on the bits that have been copied from this and that and this and that and goes... Yeah, but Blah did that better, and Blah did that better. Fuck off, do revenge. Just, I, Camilla Mendes. I don't want to be. I. I don't want to be too catty, but the amount of people on film Twitter, who seem to be like this is fresh and this is fun and this is really entertaining, like it does. I don't. I do not want to be get gatekeepy in the slightest, but I am just. Do yourselves a favour and watch these other films that we're talking about if you haven't seen them. Because you will... like them. I'm sure the sheen on Do Revenge will come off. Also, on Letterboxd, looking at the reviews of Letterboxd, there's an awful lot of five stars. Maya Hawke, Do Me Now kind of reviews. I swear are skewing the average on there. I did not anticipate it, Camilla Mendes being the better actress in this film. She's not great by any stretch of the imagination. I don't even know who she is. But she's she's out of Riverdale. You won't you won't know. That's it. But Maya Hawke is fucking awful in this. So Becky, what did you think? It's fucking shit. <laughs> what a waste of how long? 
Did An he? hour and 58 minutes of my life. It, it's getting on two hours, yeah. And like I said, I'm sorry. It is it, honestly not your fault. Because I, I sort of saw it and thought, oh, that's the one we're supposed to be watching. And then I heard some really positive buzz about it. And I said to you, didn't I, on Friday night? Yep. Oh, I've been really hearing some really positive things about this Do Revenge. Should we do that tonight? What a waste of a Friday night. Friday nights are like prime real estate. I, I, I actually paused at one point, didn't I? I turned around to you and went, right, we're half an hour in. This can't get any worse, can it? I begged you to turn it off and I was watching Goodnight Mommy instead. You did a little bit, but I realised now I have to finish this at some point. I better do it now. We could have saved the pain of watching this, I, you know. I watched this last night where literally we finished dinner and I just had to say to everyone, I really don't want to look antisocial, but I have to watch something for the podcast. And I took myself off and I watched Do Revenge. If, if, if I'd have known that's what you had to do, I would have said, please don't, Ian. Don't. We, we, no, 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 we no. will cover it for you. <laughs> it was, no, but the thing is, it was like, I literally said, oh, should we do Do Revenge? Because it's had some really good reviews. I I made my bed, you know, like, it's it's fine. Um, and also, like, if I, I started, it would have been three o'clock in the morning, your time. Probably would have been a little bit rude if I went into WhatsApp and was like, do you mind if I skip to revenge <laughs> at that point? So, but yeah. Um, what, so, We'd have understood. But yes, I'm sorry. What I will say is, um, Jennifer Caitlin Robinson, or Caitlin Robinson, sorry, um, was one of the co-writers of uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. And now that makes an awful lot of fucking sense. Mm. Um, it is a bunch of things done better in other films, mm. which is fine. A lot of directors do um, essentially rip scenes off. A lot of very good directors rip scenes off from other films and put them into their films. That isn't a problem. But when you are doing it as shoddily as this, mm. yeah, it, it, it is... You know, you've got a scene in Mean Girls where they're explaining what each of the cliques are. Yeah, yeah. Which is taken off from Clueless. Which is taken off from... Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, one of the James Spader uh, movies from the 80s. It's taken off from that. Mm. Uh, that isn't pretty in the pink. Um, <laughs> the, the, the character of um, Austin Abrams is basically just... An amalgamation of James Spader characters. Is that the forty-five-year-old high school boy? Why does everybody in this movie <laughs> look like they're in their mid-forties? I don't know. Um, I am going to get Kai. Um, right again, I had to turn around and pause it at one point. Then I turn at you, Becky, and say, "Right, I've not seen Maya Hawke consistently in anything. I know she's in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but she's a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Mm. But you've seen." Strange things, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Um, I might pause it and say to Becky, is she as bad in Stranger Things as she is in this? She's not as bad as she is in this, but her thing seems to be awkward nerdy girl. But that isn't what she's technically playing here. She is at the start, though, isn't she? Yeah, but that's a character that she's playing. Mm. It's... It's an absolute mess that by the end of it, you're there going, whoa, hang on a minute. So, we're now on these girls' side, 
but they have been equally as shitty as the people we're supposed to dislike. And so it was like I was saying to you yep. the Devex. The, the the great thing about Heathers is I get it, you have your protagonists become the antagonists. And you have them they're, they're simultaneously both things. Mm. But if you do that, you have to have they have to get a comeuppance. Mm, mm. It can be a satisfactory comeuppance to which to which Heathers nails it perfectly. Is you know JT literally gets fucking blown up. <laughs> um, and, you know, they come up and st- um, that uh, Veronica gets is she effectively becomes the new Heather, but she's going to do it in her own way. So you have that, there's a balance to it's it. It's an accidental antagonist at best anyway. Yeah, but that's the point. Is yeah. she's, she's, she, she gets dragged along for the fucking ride. I just want to watch Heather's now. Whereas at the end of this, these are all living happily ever after. Yeah. When really, they shouldn't be. They've destroyed a lot of other people's lives. Interesting, because the other sort of Gen Z-centric movie that we watched recently was that one about the Paris thing. Oh, yeah. She didn't get a comeuppance at the end either, is there? No. Is she? The, is it, is Who, sorry? Oh, the, you know the one where she fakes being in the bombings in Paris? Oh God! Not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She doesn't get a comeuppance. Is this just a generation of people that think that they can do whatever the fuck they want without any consequences? Is that what we're seeing played out on cinema? Yeah. It's a. Oh, it's okay. Someone will scroll up something different now. Well, that is yeah. Um, it's. That it, it it's just not very good. I don't think it's. It's trying to do something and try to say something, but not anything original in any way whatsoever. Um, and 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 there's nothing cinematic about it. No, there isn't at all. Um, it's even when the twist happens, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like, hang on, wait, wait. So they all actually know this girl and she's only been gone a few years and all that's happened is she's had a nose job. <laughs> and she's now called Eleanor it's and not Nora. Nora. Fuck off. Yeah. That is, that is fucking last Christmas levels of I don't know how you don't recognise this person. Mm. Levels of bullshit. Mm. Mm. It's no. I'm sorry. No. Just no. I'd say Maya Hawk should just stick to her music career, but me and Joanna listened to it, her new album at work the other day out of curiosity because we'd both just watched Do Revenge. And we got about half an hour into it, I think it was, and Joanna went, This could literally have just been one song. I'm I'm glad that Maya Hawk is very aware and very accepting of the fact that she's a nepo baby. Yeah. I am very glad about that because it is starting to explain things. Mm. I, I I will say though, somebody on Twitter this week had a suggestion about her playing Uma Thurman's kid and Amanda Stelberg playing Vivica A. Fox's kid in Kill Bill Three, and it is just like, yeah, all right, fine. I, I would give that a go. 
I would give that a go. I mean, it will never happen. Like Tarantino's not doing Kill Bill three. No, it would be wild if his tenth film was Kill Bill three. It wouldn't technically count though, would it? Because it's a sequel. <laughs> well, it wouldn't surprise me if Tarantino uh, got around it like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, if he says it's volume three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, be a good workaround. Yeah, it, the thing is, the only performance I actually... Well, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of performances I liked it. I didn't mind uh, Camille Mendes. I thought she was all right. I thought she was crap. In it. Um, I thought the guy who played... Um, that ended up being her love interest, I thought he was quite good in it. Abe's all right. Yeah, I quite liked him. I thought Tyler yeah. Ryder was quite good as well. Tyler Ryder was, was fine, yeah. Is that, yeah, she was yeah she's good. got quite a nice... Quite Is a that Maya Hawke's love interest? Yeah. yeah, she's got quite a charismatic screen yeah. presence for, to say she has so little time. Yeah. She, like, she could be a one to even, watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even though in that post-credits ski, scene where they're on top of each other, when she's on top of a kissing, it did just look like two skeletons making out and it was very odd. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we, we are now at the age where young people look so fucking young. Apart from uh, Austin Abrams, who looks like he's in his 40s. Yeah. I, 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 I will did say, like him. Yeah. Entirely too old looking for the part, but that guy understood the assignment. Oh, yeah. He, he is literally... Such a skis. He has literally just gone... Right, read it, and then gone, right, I am watching James Spader's career uh, between 1982 and 1988 and just playing that. That is what I am playing. Mm. And he plays it really quite well. I warmed to him the further it got into it, where I was like, all right. And then the fact that that, that one of his fucking last lines is, right, I'm going to do cocaine off some girl's butthole. Or belly button. I don't fucking yeah. know. Those bitches. <laughs> What's up? It's kind of like going, do you know what? Fine. At least he admits he's a piece of shit. Can we just loop back to Kill Bill Volume 3 for a second? Go on. I want the girl that actually played BB to play the older version of herself. She was good. Yeah. And she's good in stuff since. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is, yeah. Yeah. Who's she playing that? The um, the one that tries to sell him an acid acid laced cigarette. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, yeah. That's BB out of Kill Bill. Oh, that's wild. Oh, fair play. And she's a full yeah. On, why not then? She's a full on grown up now. She can be in a she in a grown up ish role. Hmm? Anyway, yeah. Ratings. Stop talking about this and giving it any more fucking oxygen. Suspiria. Yeah, definitely shit. Sorry, Suspiria, guys. Yeah, Suspiria. This is the fucking worst piece of shit film I've watched this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> you hated it, didn't you? Hated it. Really, really begrudge it the time that I gave it. Yeah. You really hated it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more I hate it. So we need to stop talking about it as soon as possible. All right. Definitely yeah. shit All 17%. Right, touching cloth 17%. Shit 50%. And Geostorm 16%. Yeah, just that doesn't seem to be what Twitter is saying. It's what IMDb reviews are saying. I don't know. I don't know. I I would never look at an IMDb. No, no, but in this case, IMDb reviews seem to be more accurate to the film, whereas Letterboxd are all just Maya Hawke stands. But have you seen that though? It really is. No, just going off what you're saying. I don't no, no, but look box, look at Letterboxd. Like, the average rating is, like, 3.4. Yeah. 
And it's just a it's a lot of people talking about Maya Hawk sit on me. <laughs> I mean, she's in her mid twenties, so that's you know, it's all right. Oh no, I mean it's fine. I don't think it's skeezy or anything. It just it's it's probably oh, not whole... a reason to give five stars on a fucking film. No, the whole choke me, daddy, hit me with your car vibe of liking someone now just it. It's so fucking gross. It's almost weirdly a little bit like, hang on a minute, are you? A, I don't get this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, even though I will say, the fact that Maya Hawke called a um, bearded lizard Oscar winner Olivia Coleman, I'm sorry, that did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that was quite funny. And she just keeps on referring to her, uh, the, the lizard as Oscar winner Olivia Coleman. I thought that was good. That that that's of the same energy of when I had to go and pick Cooper up from the vets. <clears throat> Special agent. And they and they wouldn't they wouldn't release him to me because I came in and said I'm here to pick up Cooper the cat, and they were like, "We don't have a Cooper the cat." And then a full fucking surgery made me go. I'm here to pick up Special Agent Dale Cooper. <laughs> right, Mark, you made your bed there, mate. Because I'm pretty fucking sure when you originally gave Cooper in, they didn't go, and what position in the FBI does he hold? I, I, I registered him. <laughs> yeah, Becky registered him. Oh, Bex, no, seriously, like there's a virtual high five coming your way. Like the <laughs> hardest, like most precise dead on high five. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So officially with his That's tag incredible. and everything like that, he is tagged and registered oh, yeah, yeah. as Special Agent if Dale Cooper. You registered your cat as Special Agent Dale Cooper. That's his full name. Oh, fuck that rules. Oh, shit. Last time I went to pick him up, they read out Special Agent Dale Cooper Foster <laughs> in a really confused voice. Fuck. And I loved it. On his insurance, he's just Cooper, though. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, that was it. I went to go to the vets, and I was like, literally saying to the woman, Mark, I was like, how... you, you just did that to embarrass me, didn't you? And she's like, yes. Mark, <laughs> how are you not more into that? You walk into the vet saying, I'm here to see Special Agent Dale Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the fact that there were so many people there. <laughs> 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 rules. <laughs> she made me say it really Sorry, loud as well. all the questions, it's fine. Fuck, that's tickled me. Well done, Bex. Shit. Thank you. Oh, God, that's great. So the question I asked uh, was... Uh, oh, some question this week, uh, guys. Um, with Shia LaBeouf originally being cast in Don't We Darling, what are some of your favourite almost castings? Uh, we oh, got... Uh, Rick Kidd said, it's rumoured that they wanted Sean Connery in the Albert Finney role in Skyfall. That could have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that would have taken you out of it too much, but it would have been fun to see him there. Just especially because that would have been his last on-screen role. Yeah, and then it wouldn't have been the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm. Mm. Um, Gareth Clark, uh, Clark Three says, There have been so many random actors rumoured for Bond in the past, uh, but have you ever seen the screen test that James Brolin, Octopussy Era, and Sam Neill view to a kill? Both would have taken the franchise different directions. Not sure if either would have been for the better. I haven't seen those, but yeah, I would have been, yeah. <laughs> Go on then. Go on then. Yep. Uh, Andrew Jones, uh, I've been totally Frank Sinatra in Die Hard. Um, I, I, I'm I'm gonna slightly question that. I think that was because 
they it was like a contractual obligation that they had to ask him because he because he had the rights to book yeah Yeah. that he'd bought in like the mid seventies I believe. Yeah, nothing lives forever. Nothing lasts forever. Something like that. I think the book is called. But it was, and Andrew again at me if you think I'm wrong here, dude. It's all good. But he. They basically had to do a courtesy, do you want to play this role? And it would have been Frank Sinatra, quite old, going, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'd love to have seen it, though. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, it would have been quite funny. Hmm. Um, Brian Serper, Lon Chaney in Dracula. Uh, go on, guys, what are some of yours? Well, I, not necessarily favourite, but I have one in mind. Um, so I listened to... For the first time since listening to Mike's Twin Peaks episodes on Chin Stroker versus Punter, I listened to a podcast this week. Um, so I started listening to the King cast, which compares Stephen King books to the adaptations. Um, and one of they did, one of the ones that they did was Misery. Um, so I did a bit of like background research into it after listening to the podcast and and stuff like that. And I would have been quite up for seeing the Bette Midler, Jack Nicholson version that could have happened. I think that would have been amusing as fuck. Yeah, that would have been a bit bonkers, yeah. that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So many people attached to that role, though. Warren Beatty was attached to it. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis was attached to it and eventually ended up playing on the in the stage show of it, eventually ended up playing it with uh, Laurie Metcalf as Annie Wilkes. Hmm. Fair play. It's a storied story. And now I want to reread it. This is this is getting quite dangerous listening to this podcast because there's so many books now that I'm just like, fuck, I'd love to reread that. <laughs> Fair play. Ian, you got any? I've got none. I'm I'm actually at this point pretty drunk and I've got to ride some roller coasters in a bit. <laughs> uh, so I think I need to try and keep my shit on a level. Well, mine always that I go back to this was is Robert De Niro as Josh Baskins in Big. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, Rick? Yeah. That- Okay. That was the, the original like casting in, in Big. Not knowing that. that what? Was, that was what Penny Marsh originally wanted. Wow. She wanted Robert De Niro uh, as Josh Baskins. Hmm. It was going to be a little bit... What, like the young one? No, it's the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, what is it? it was originally going to be like a little bit darker. Well, it'd have to be, yeah. 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 I mean, you get full on just like fucking De Niro nutting into the woman in big kind of scene. Like, I'd have been fucking great. Nice. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Him chewing out the fucking little ginger kid friend. <laughs> that kid that kid would never have acted again. Uh, like, what did we, did we get any questions? Rick Kid, uh, what's the first film you have a conscious memory of seeing? Land Before Time. Peter Pan. The Disney one? Yeah. There was some sort of re-release at the Froome West Way. Uh, I, uh, I I very much remember seeing because um, like after that weirdly the next one is Alien <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like Labyrinth and um, Princess Bride and stuff chucked in there as well but I think 
Land Before Time is the first big one that I remember. And I checked the release date and it would have come out when I was five. So I think as well that might be my first cinema trip. Yeah, mine was... Uh, was... He-Man, Master of the Universe. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Cinema. When did that come out? Like, eighty seven. So you'd have been five as well. Yep. Aww. Can you guess out of my family members who took me to see that one? Um, I'm going to go with Uncle Keith. Yes. Yes, surprisingly, my gay uncle took me to see <laughs> a movie where Dolph Lundgren spends the majority of his time with his shirt off. I mean, to be fair, it is an erotic movie. Oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> it is, yeah. Fucking love that film. The, the, the thing that is... bit where he's getting whipped. In a, How good is that? Yeah. Bet my uncle love that. <laughs> still, I still love that Frank Langella was just like, I really wish I had another crack at Skeletor. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. And the fact that the end credit of that movie, the post-credits, because it's a post-credits, yeah, yeah. is Frank Langella taking the piss out of Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> doing I'll Be Back. What, I'll Be Back? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking terrified me, that did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking hated that post-credit scene. Oh, what but a the, picture! The, 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 the thing is, like, in terms of conscious memory, like actually remembering watching. This is the thing because, like, my mum and dad were like, uh, well, my mum is not. My dad was not into films, like at all. I like honestly, my mum is like, I don't know where you you pick this up from. It's just a, as if I've got a fucking disease. Um, <laughs> but it, it's no, she does say it like that. Um, but. Like, um, it, it is literally, I remember seeing Peter Pan in a cinema and my next actual real memory of watching a film is watching Alien that I'd taped and watched, like, daytime. Um, and my mum just, like, passing the room every now and then and not really paying attention and me just be, being like, what the fuck? You know, and I mean, obviously it was like, ITV at the time would have chopped the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, But like, still me just be, you know, and it, yeah, I it, that, but at the same time, it's like the post credit scene of Masters of the Universe gave me nightmares, but I don't really remember watching the rest of the film. But my, like, for conscious memory, Peter Pan and Alien... <laughs> There you go. It's weird. My parents were so heavily not into film when I was a kid that in the year that The Little Mermaid came out, like in 89, so I'd have been six, I asked for it for Christmas and I got the fucking Hans Christian Andersen version, yeah. which, like, she fucking dies in the end. Yep. But the, I just don't think they even, it wasn't even on their radar. Does not compute, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a little moment. But then, to be fair, that's like I asked, I asked my parents for a bottle. They always get me a bottle of booze for Christmas every year. I asked for a bottle of amaretto. Like if someone asks you for amaretto, you go and you get disarona, don't you? Yeah. They just bought me a fucking this like weird cooking amaretto, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're weird people. Andrew Jones, what director's last film thus far would you want to see get the Avatar esque re release in all formats treatment, and how would you choose to see it? Oh shit! Unstoppable in fucking IMAX. Oh shit! Fuck, that's a good answer. Mm, that is good. 
John Singleton's abduction in 4DX. <laughs> That's such a sad last film. It really is. Oh, go on, Bex. Avatar in standard format. <laughs> Avatar in oh, 4.3. Right. I fucking no. I can't watch no. 3D and I can't watch fucking IMAX without giving me a headache. So just standard what, format. What? Eyes wide shut. 3D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there'd be some stuff lying at That's the another thing. Right, just to quickly go back to do revenge. Oh, go on. Right, very quickly. Can we not? Right. So they have this party, this admissions party. You've got to hand your phone in. And then but nothing crazy is happening at that party. It yeah. is like the most fucking tame, in-betweeners-esque party you could fucking imagine. Yeah. You needed some donkey show shit during that, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> I, I was expecting it to be something fucking eyes wide shutty, and it wasn't. No, because was just boring. In all seriousness, though, that is a point that, like, the sexy stuff in that film is really tame. And I'm not saying that I want to see, like, teenagers, like, going at it or anything like that. But they all. If I was 15 year old me. <clears throat> watching like like cruel intentions when that come out like 2000 2001 or was it in 99. late 90s 99 99 all yeah. right so i was 15 when cruel intentions came out when that came out yeah man i wanted to see sarah michelle Gellar and Selma Blair kissing you know and it, it. it's like yes okay you've got you you've got that bit at the end but it's like, and there's a lot of people on Letterboxd as well. Seriously, look it up after, guys. But a lot of people going like they needed to get it on. The sexual chemistry was ridiculous. No, it wasn't. But at the same time, maybe dare to just be a bit hotter. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. For that audience, I'm not necessarily that I'm going to take anything out of it. But it's just like, it felt restrained. And the fact that that girl, Carissa, it's just like, oh... She did drugs in that uh, garden, uh, uh, that greenhouse. So now her life is ruined forever. It just, again, it's this weirdly, slightly conservative bent where you can't do anything to, because it might be offensive. Mm. But yeah, it was a little, it was, it was quite tame. Um, no. But anyway, eyes wide, eyes wide shut, IMAX 3D. There you go. <laughs> Yes, Norton has a question. Um, I'm currently avoiding details slash opinion on Athena and Barbarian, knowing only that they are supposedly worth watching. So my question is, what are your respective relationships with going in cold, and do you have any examples where it really helped or hindered your experience? Um, Film festival watches are always quite good for that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Bex. Um with you saying about film festival um, what was that one that I ended up getting obsessed with that we saw at Slice yeah 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 that was really good didn't know anything about that um, on a hindered uh, kind uh, of level obsessed to the level that you bought the blu-ray of it and we still have it and it's only in French it's got subtitles it doesn't French subtitles <laughs> French subtitles is that Slice yeah no, we've got it since. That's we've got an iTunes. got a UK release, did it? No, I never got it. No, Is you it get, on iTunes? You got an iTunes, yeah. Um, but yeah, we bought the Blu-ray because for years you couldn't get it anywhere. And so we bought the Blu-ray, didn't we? 
uh, and then realised when it arrived that it didn't actually have an English track or subtitles. No, I think it does have English subtitles, does, yeah. but it has, what's it called when it's, um, it's always there? Hard-coded. Yeah, it's got hard-coded French subtitles. So you can have the English at the top, but the French is always at the bottom, so it cuts the picture down to a really oh, okay. small level. Um, from a negative point of view, if we're talking about like expectation, Prometheus broke my heart. Yep. I think going in cold is really good, to be honest. Um, you know, when you've got the weight of expectation on something, I mean, a couple of recent examples that have, have really kind of baffled me have been like Hereditary and Midsummer all the buzz that they were getting and you go in thinking they're going to be really good and it's just like oh right okay I think going in cold is always better if you can um yeah there's certain ones where like you can have too much in trailers Mm. that give it away yeah like was that there was that Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig one like was it some house the invasion Invasion, yeah. Oh no! No, it was Dreamhouse. Dreamhouse, yeah. Where it basically just gave away the entire film in the trailer, like really badly gave away the film. Um, but yeah, sometimes when you just yeah, when you don't watch it in a film, just smacks you on the face can be great. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think we get too many trailers now. Sometimes. Well, I found it quite refreshing because I I hadn't seen a trailer for that. 3,000 years along in. Oh, yeah. Before I went to see it. So that was a nice surprise. But then I wasn't expecting too much from it because, like, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be quite fantastical and more about, like, the genie side and less about the sitting in bathrobes in a hotel room side. Whereas I didn't have that expectation, so I, I got to just enjoy it for what it was. Mm. Cool. Ian, what are we covering Yo. next week? Uh, so... Blonde? Oh, God, yeah, that's this weekend, isn't it? Got to find three hours to watch that. Some fucking point while I'm out here. Uh, <laughs> um, smile, I think. Can we do that next week? Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah, the... Very much. Are we, are we going to get to... Uh, is everyone going to be able to get to um, the greatest beer ever? Tell next week. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. Right. We Are we letting Becky off the hook for Avatar? Eh? Are you watching Avatar or are you wanting me to go on my own? I don't want to watch it now. <laughs> Bex, could, could you at just at least the 2D version? Like, just at home. Like, if you can rent it or something. Is it not on? Is it not on Disney Plus? It won't be now. No, they took it off. That's fucking shitty. But this, to be fair, this version of Avatar has a very, very, very minor addition, and I think this might now be Cameron's. This is Avatar one. That's. That's fucking not cool, though. Oh, that, they, they really re-release it every once in a while, don't they, to just get the fucking box office up again. It's fucking pathetic. It is a little bit cynical, the way that he, has, he did release at that time, just so he could get back ahead of everything. Back ahead of, uh, yeah, it's just... 
it's just gross it's just capitalism at its fucking worst and i don't want to feed it i my my just my thing is i never watched it in imax so i want to watch it in imax that that that's the thing like if i like if i'm ever gonna like truly appreciate avatar I'm going to watch it in the version in IMAX where I think in this one he's messed with the frame rates in certain scenes. Like, if it's basically Cameron's definitive vision of watching Avatar, fine, all right, I'll watch it. Do you know what I think would be quite amusing? If once this one with Avatar, yeah. this new release is gone, if, like, let's say next summer or next, sort of like this time next year, if Disney went, fuck it, we're releasing Endgame again. <laughs> In IMAX, just to bump it over Avatar. Yeah, I'd love that. Mm. I'd love that, and I would go and see it. Again. I guarantee, if you release Endgame again next year, towards the end of blockbuster season, you'd bag two hundred million. Summer holidays, release it in the summer holidays. Uh, well, I was going to say I'd quite like to go see Moonage to Daydream, but if we've got Avatar to do as well, I don't think we'll make three cinema trips for us. We'll see how we go. Um, Right. Well, we are... I, I mean, no, look, hey, the, the, the Avatar thing is very, very much me-led. If 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 you can see Moon Age Daydream at the expense of Avatar, just go watch Moon Age Daydream. Okay. I do really want to see that. But do, do go watch Smile, though, because apparently it's really good. Yeah, I'm kind of keen for that, to be fair. We are a Pod Syndicate podcast. <laughs> there are other Pod Syndicate podcasts. But towards, towards the end of the show, I'm not going to do the full ramble on that. Also, go and check out our Pod Syndicate YouTube because there's other bits on there now. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks, Mark. And thank you very much, Hurricane Ian. You're going to enjoy some fucking parks, mate. I'm going to go throw up on the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Woo! <laughs> Maybe have a coffee before you go. I'm straight up pissed. <laughs> <laughs>